Amen, amen, amen. Everybody. Y'all, y'all sang that like y'all, y'all, y'all. Not sure whether or not you're gonna be happy. Well, maybe it's because we 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 over here. We we ain't over there yet. But we can be happy that one day we'll be over, over, over there. Everybody will be happy over there. Now, now that you know that you're gonna be happy when you get there, uh, you can be happy while you here, right? Am I right about it? You ever go on vacation and you have that anticipation of your destination? You're all excited. You're either jumping on the plane. And, and let's just assume uh, uh, everything's been perfect. No problems with TSA. And they didn't lose your bags. And uh, you didn't have that two-hour wait. You know, your trip wasn't delayed. Everything was perfect. Now you're on the plane, or maybe you got that boat ride. Maybe you're taking a cruise somewhere. Or maybe you're like me. You like to get behind the wheel and do that long drive. My wife don't like it, but I do. You load up the car, and gas tank is full. Uh, your pocket just got a little jingle in it, and maybe there's something in there that you can fold. Uh, amen. And you're just happy to be on the road. Happy to be in the air, happy to be on the water. Your trip has begun. Your destination is in sight. Don't know what, when you're going to get there, but you're enjoying the ride. Am I right about it? Everybody will be happy over there. But we ought to just be happy because we're here and we're enjoying the ride. Yeah, now we might run into some roadblocks. Uh, we might have some some rough waters, and we just pray we have no problems while we're in the air. Help me, somebody. But everybody will be happy over there. Y'all happy this morning? Lord woke you up in your right mind, and you just felt like, I, I, I need to worship the Lord today. So I rolled out our beds, and we came on in, and we're so happy to see you. If you're visiting with us today, we just want you to know we're glad you came out today. You're with the people of God in the house of God and with the Lord's help preaching the word of God. Amen, somebody. Uh, we have so much to be thankful for, but we also need to stay prayed up. It's a brand new year. I think this is my first time preaching 8 o'clock for the new year. Uh, and uh, again, we just want to my own personal, and we have our own personal little mission statement for the church, but I got one for you. Are you on the team in 2018? Is that all right? Are you on the team in 2018? Now, now, now here's the thing. If you were a bench warmer back in the day, don't worry about that. Uh, if you didn't get picked for the team, uh, uh, don't worry about that. Because in the Lord's house, God has chosen you, each and every one of you for the team. Now you're on the Lord's team, and we got no time for bench warming. We don't even need a coach. Jesus is the coach. We're the East Baltimore Saints. How's that? How's that? Is that work? Is that work for somebody? We're the East Baltimore Saints, and we got a special team. We got a special mission, and we got a playbook. Am I right about it? Coach calls all the plays from right here. Or right here, if y'all got a little country in you. I'm feeling a little countryish this morning. Y'all help me. 
Are you on the team in 2018? We ain't even got to my sermon yet. Uh, team, acrostic. First word, trained. We got to be trained up in this word so we can have the faith that it takes to go out and convey it to other folks. Is that all right? E, equipped. We got to be equipped, which means we got to have our Bibles. We got to have a song on our lips, a prayer in our hearts, and a mind and a heart to go forward to teach and to convey and to display. See, what they see is just about as important as what they hear. Amen, somebody? So you got to be trained. You got to be equipped. A, accountable. Ooh, man. Some of us going to get up tomorrow morning. And we could lay there on that mattress and say, I ain't going to work today. Am I right about it? But how many of us are actually going to do that? No, we're going to get up. We're going to go in. Because we're accountable. Am I right? So we need to have that same accountability to the church. When we say there's something that needs to be done, nobody needs to be sitting around thinking, well, it's time for me to warm the bench. I'll just sit and see what they're going to say, see what they're going to do, and I'll, I'll be in the amen corner. No, no time for that. Are you on the team in 2018? You got to be accountable. And M, motivated. And if you're writing this down, put self in front of motivation. Got to be self-motivated. You got to decide, each and every one of us. If you're on the team in 2018, you got to decide what you're going to do. That means you have a role and a responsibility, and it's not to warm the bench. And guess what? It's not to be in the grandstands. If you're on the team, you're not in the stands. Can't be a spectator. Amen. Got quiet in here. Evangelism is not a spectator sport. You got to get in it to win it. So let's win one for him. One. See, that's all I'm asking. I'm asking everybody here to make the commitment that before 2018 is over, when win one soul for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that means you might have to talk to 10 folk, 50 folk, 100 folk, just to get one. Are you on the team? Let's win one for him in 2018. Y'all are awfully quiet today. Maybe y'all not awake yet, but that's all right. That's all. I ain't gonna take it back. I just, it's the truth. Get on the team in 2018. Is, is that all right? All right, let, let, let's, let's win one for the Lord in 2018. 18. I, I, that was for me just as much as it was for you. I got some work to do too. Isn't that the song we sing? There is much to do. There is work on every hand. Hark the cry for help comes ringing through the land. Jesus calls for reapers. I must active be. What wilt thou, O master? Here am I. Send me. Mm. See, God, let, me, let, me keep, let me get to my test because y'all messing with me. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I want to thank all those who've labored thus far in the services this morning. Grateful for you, grateful to you, grateful for you. Just grateful to be here in the house of the Lord. Let's look together at our text, 2 Corinthians 3, 1 through 6. Do we begin to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, 
known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also have made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Is that in your Bibles? Tell you how I came up with this. I was watching TV the other day and happened upon a religious program. A religious conference was taking place and was being broadcasted live from wherever it was happening. And after waiting for what seemed to be hours, uh, waiting to hear what the preacher was going to say, I saw him uh, raise his Bible in the air and quoting this text and verse number six, saying, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And then supposedly proclaim in the context of this scripture that man could kill this word. Oh, y'all getting quiet on me. And I tried to understand what he was saying or trying to say, what he was implying or trying to impart to this massive audience. And after more than an hour of preaching, I still don't believe he answered it. And I can't tell you what he might have meant because he never explained it. So how can you and I kill this word? We could tear up the book. We could rip out its pages. We could set fire to it and try to alter it in the printing. We can try to taint its teachings. We can try to distort it in the understanding. We can even deny it in its meaning and application in our lives. But I stopped by to tell you this morning that you and I will never kill it. Amen, somebody. I will never destroy it. We can no more remove it from the memory of man than we can replace it totally in the mind and heart of man. Or we can try, we can try to suppress it like the world does. We can forget but forbid its reading. We can reject its teaching. We can oppress its following. But you and I need to understand today that this word survives. It survives, church, because it lives. And it lives, church, because it's God-breathed and spirit-filled. It lasts, church, because it's everlasting. It's withstood the test of time and the tempering of man. It survived countless civilizations. It survived endless empires. It survived kings and kingdoms. It survived wars and conflicts. It survived and outlasted dictators and tyrants, presidents and prime ministers, movers and shakers, trends and trendsetters, believers and unbelievers, from the loftiest to the lowest from the famous to the fameless, from the hopeful to the hopeless, this word, church, is alive. It has the power to save, the power to change, the power to inspire, the power to direct, if only you and I would submit 
to its precepts. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about this word. And I want us to see today that the word of God is eternal. Amen. And it can never be destroyed. You cannot stop the word and you cannot kill the word. That's, that's my title if y'all taking notes. Is that all right? Now, that preacher never explained that text over there. So, so just, 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 so we can, just so we can move on, because I, I want to go somewhere else with it, let me read it to you from a more modern translation. I think you'll get the meaning. He, he never explained it, but I, I, I'm going I'm to just read it to you so you get it, so you understand this. 2 Corinthians 3, we're looking at it again. More, more modern translation, just follow along, you'll see where we're going. Does this sound as if we were again boasting about ourselves? Could it be that like some other people, we need letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are the letter we have, written on our hearts for everyone to know and read. It is clear that Christ himself wrote this letter and sent it by us. It is written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, and not on stone tablets, but on human hearts. We say this because we have confidence in God through Christ. You on the team in 2018? There is nothing in us that allows us to claim that we are capable of doing this work. The capacity we have comes from God. It is he who made us capable of serving the new covenant, which consists not of a written law, but of the spirit. The written law brings death but the spirit gives life. This word is, writ is written in our hearts. We're living epistles. That's why being on this team is so important. See, we can't convey the message from the grandstands. We can't convey the message sitting in our homes. We can't convey the message just sitting and waiting for someone else to do it. We can't kill this word, but we can stop it from moving forward by our inaction and our inactivity. So we need to get busy in 2018. Am, am I right about it? Uh, amen, Walls. Y'all made me say it. Let me, let, me, let me show you what I'm talking about. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Jeremiah 36. Jeremiah 36. And we want to see an example here. Jeremiah chapter 36. Let's go back there. And we're going to start right there at verse number one. Jeremiah 36. Jeremiah 36. We're going to start right there at verse number one. And it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a roll of a book, and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel and against Judah and against all the nations from the day I spoke unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even into this day. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. 
Then Jeremiah called Baruch, the son of Neriah, and Baruch wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord, which he had spoken unto him upon a roll of a book. And Jeremiah commanded Baruch, saying, I am shut up. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. I'm confined. I can't go to the temple. Therefore, go thou and read in the roll, which thou hast written from my mouth, the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day. And also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah that come out of their city, spread it to everybody. It may be they will present their supplication before the Lord and will return everyone from his evil way. For great is the anger and the fury that the Lord hath pronounced against his people. And Baruch, the son of Neriah, did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him, reading in the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. Now, over the course of this reading, there's response and reaction among the princes and the others of the court. Now, and further down there, y'all stay with me, further down there in verses 20 through 24, the Bible says, and they went to the king into the court. And they laid up the roll in the chamber of Elishma, the scribe, and told all the words in the ears of the king. So the king sent Juhadai to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Elishma, the scribe's chamber. And Jehudai read it in the ears of the king, and the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehudai had read three or four leaves, he cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard these words. They tried to kill that word. Now, the king's responded and probably believes he's done something quite significant. I've taken this word, and I've rejected it. And more than that, I've destroyed it. I've gotten rid of it. And in doing so, I've somehow eliminated its impact, its purpose, and its revelation. You know, man has that propensity. Feeling like what he's hearing He'll ignore it or avoid it. He'll cast it aside. He'll declare it's a lie or that it has no importance or permanence in his life. But you see, my friends, the word of God is more enduring than man's ability to reject it. The psalmist proclaims in Psalms 119, 160, thy word is true from the beginning and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. You can throw away the scroll. You can burn the book. You can tear up the parchments. But this word right here endures forever. Amen, somebody? <clears throat> now, this word that's been given to King Jehoiakim and his people, it's a word of revelation. It's a word of reality. And it's a word of repentance. God's judgment is coming. Jeremiah's telling them, God's judgment is coming. It's real, 
and it's coming, and you have an opportunity to respond, to change, to turn, to repent. And this is no different today. See, God's word has declared that all of us have come short of the glory of God. Amen? He's declared in his word that there's none righteous. No, not one. God's judgment is coming, and this word declares he will judge the world in righteousness. Amen, somebody. That all of us will appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and that no man will know the day or the hour. We got folk out here trying to predict when judgment is coming. But if you believe this word, you don't know. You can't know. All you can do is be prepared. Amen, somebody. Can you imagine being in Hawaii a couple of weeks ago? I would like to think that there were some Christians that when they saw that thing and heard that the bomb was coming, they just said, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready because everybody will be happy over there. Now, I might not like that it's coming, might not like the circumstances upon which it's coming, but I'd like to think there's some faithful folk, even over in Hawaii, even right here, that if our phones go off right now, we could say, Lord, I'm ready. I ain't been lived a perfect life, but I've tried to do all that I could to be faithful and focused on you. And if this is the day, if this is the time, I'm ready. That's why. We need to stay on the team in 2018. Amen? See, you can't kill this word, but you can ignore it. You can act like it doesn't exist. And so we need to understand with this revelation, the word has fallen on deaf ears. See, we can refuse to heed it, but we cannot succeed in destroying its message or its merit. Go back with me again to Jeremiah 36. And let's see there that God is not impressed with this futile effort to destroy his word. See, God continues to speak, and God's word continues to have reign whether we want it or not. Now, now we back there in Jeremiah 36, right? Let's go to verse 27. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after that the king had burned the roll, and the words which Baruch wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah, saying, look at this, take thee again another roll, and write in it all the former words that were in the first roll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, hath burned. And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim, king of Judah, thus saith the Lord, thou hast burned this roll saying, Why hast thou written therein, saying, The king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land, and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast? Therefore thus saith the Lord of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, He shall have none to sit upon the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out in the day to the heat, and in the night to the frost. And I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity. And I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I have pronounced against them. But they hearkened not. Then took Jeremiah another roll and gave it to Baruch the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, 
king of Judah had burned in the fire, and there were added besides unto them many like word. You can't kill this word. It's just going to come back to bite you. Then you might think you can, you can outwit the Lord. Well, he don't see me right now. Or I'll, I'll, I'll do my dirt now and, and repent later. But he already caught you. And so when he gives you the warning, you ought to just heed it. Because you cannot kill this word. You cannot destroy it. You cannot stop it. You cannot avoid it. And you dare not delay its importance. Centuries have passed. And this word still endures. Amen? Civilizations have declined. And this word still endures. Kingdoms have crumbled, and this word still endures. Empires have fallen, and this word still endures. Man can change his opinions, his politics, his preferences, and yes, even his religion. But this word is real. This word is right. You can't kill it, but if you're willing to follow it, that same word has promised you and I eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Lord's people were told to repent in Jeremiah 36, and they chose instead to reject his word. And in doing so, had the audacity of trying to destroy it forever. But Jesus tells us today that he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Amen, somebody? Amen. See, judgment is coming. His word says to us. And why should we be foolish enough to think we can delay it or deny it by attempting to destroy it? See, there's some folk out here in the world trying to kill this. Now, they can't kill this word, but they can try to suppress it. They can try to water it down. They can try to give you a whole nother gospel. But we already know that, that we, we, we ought to avoid some folks that's preaching another gospel. Y'all read that somewhere. Amen. And, and so the idea is that this word lasts forever. You can't kill it. But if we allow the world to have its way, he'll keep it from having, they'll keep it from having meaning and importance. That's why being on this team is so important. We got to be trained, equipped accountable and motivated. Are you motivated enough to come out of your beds and come here and worship God in spirit and in truth and yet turn a deaf ear to anyone proclamating or proclaiming that this word don't mean nothing? Who's going to step up? Who's going to speak up? Who's going to say that this word is real, is right, and guess what? It's outlived you and it's going to outlive me. It's outlived civilization. It's outlived kings and conquerors and emperors. It's outlived nations. How can you kill it? You're king. So you might as well obey it. Amen. Amen. See, now you've heard the old statement, don't kill the messenger. So you know the common sense of that statement is that even if you do, it doesn't change the message one bit. Amen. Jesus faced rejection in his earthly ministry, but it didn't kill the message. Jesus was persecuted and punished, scorned and scourged, but it didn't kill the message. 
He died on a cross and was buried, but it didn't kill the message. He was raised from the dead and later ascended to heaven, but it didn't kill the message. He trained and taught his disciples and one betrayed him, but it didn't kill the message. One denied him three times, but it didn't kill the message. The others abandoned him at one point, but it didn't kill the message. You and I might be slowful in our task of declaring this gospel to the world, but it won't kill the message. We may be content with our own opinions, but it won't kill the message. You might want to make excuses, but that won't kill the message. We might think someone else has the responsibility, but it won't kill the message. We may leave the task to others, but that won't kill the message because God's word is real. God's word is righteous, and somebody needs to proclaim it to everybody. It don't matter to me what you do with it, but if I don't give it to you, look, the seed is the word of God. Y'all remember that? It's different soul out here. Jesus teaching his parable. He's letting you know the soul going to sow it. Put it out there. Whatever soil it lands on, it's good or bad. But if you don't sow it, how can you grow it? Amen? But you can't grow it but to sow it unless you know it. Huh? You, you gotta, you, you, you look, okay. Uh, <laughs> if I can remember it. <laughs> you, you can't sow it so they can grow it until you know it. You gotta know it. Do you know it? Part of our evangelism dysfunction is because we get nervous because we think we got to tell somebody every jot and tittle of this word. A wise man once told me, Brother V, you're going to be reading this Bible for the rest of your life. So you have the rest of your life to absorb every jot and tittle of this word. But right now, you only have one opportunity to begin your journey. It'll take you a lifetime to truly understand everything that's in here. But why wait until the end of your life to do it? Why don't you start today? All you have to do is believe what you heard and believe it to the point that you understand that you stand a guilty distance from God. And so now you need to repent of that. That means just to change. Change your ways and turn. That doesn't mean you're going to become a perfect person overnight. There's some habits i got to stop. It's going to take me some time. But, but see, with this word, I can learn how to do it. Amen, somebody. See, I, I, once I know it, I can do something with it. Amen. Amen. And then once I repent, I'm going to be ready to confess the sweetest name on mortal tongue. Repent and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that I believe that he died on the cross of Calvary for the sins of the entire world. That he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Amen? Amen. And then I need to be baptized. And going down in that watery grave of baptism, ain't nobody going to drown you, but something is going to die. See, you're going to die to sin and rise up to walk 
in the newness of life. And now, guess what? Now you're on the team. So now you have a responsibility to be trained, discipled, amen, amen. equipped. That's another form of discipling. Then you need, with that discipling, to learn how to be accountable for yourself. I can't go to heaven for you. Can't go to hell for you. Trained, equipped, accountable. Are you motivated? There's somebody that's not sitting next to you because they don't know what you know. I'll just say it. There's somebody that you know that needs to be here, that needs to be on the team, that needs to be added to the body of Christ. And maybe, just maybe, there's someone here today that's willing to make that decision. God's word is true. God's word is real. And it's right. You can't add to it. You can't subtract from it. You can't kill it. But you ought to consider heeding it and obeying it. If you're willing to do that, you can do that today. And if you are out there struggling with your faith, this word gives life. But it has to be a living word. It's got to live and breathe and be a part of us. If we're just going to be Sunday Christians, where's our Christianity on Monday? I, I mean, where is it? I mean, do we just leave it in the, on the table when we go to work? I mean, if you're going to labor for five days, six days, some of us, if you're going to labor for eight hours, nine hours, 12 hours, what's an hour study with somebody who don't know? You know what you might be doing? You might not believe this, but I'm telling you right now, teach one person the gospel. That's like pulling them out of a fire. That's like stopping, pulling them out of the way of a speeding car. That's like rescuing them from drowning. You have just saved their life. The Lord's going to save their soul. <laughs> Amen. That is far. But he needs some laborers in 2018 to plant the seed. Y'all willing to do that? Y'all ready to do that? Will you purpose in your heart and mind right now that be, it's January, y'all, but it's getting right close. Start making your preparation now before 2018 is over. There's going to be somebody else sitting here that ain't here now that has a knowledge of who they are in Christ Jesus. And they're knowing and growing so that they can start sowing just like you. This word has to multiply. Amen? And if you understand the concept of multiplication, you have to factor in you as well as the other folk. Are you ready? Are you willing? Are you able? You can't kill this word. So if you can't kill it, you might as well tell somebody about it. Amen? Amen. If you have a mind to obey God, Maybe you're here and you've not surrendered to Jesus. Why don't you do it right now? And if you're here, you're a member of the Lord's Church, rededicate yourself to being on the team in 2018. The Lord needs you. And someone out there needs you to tell them this word. God bless you. God keep you. And if you're here and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, why don't you do it right now as we together stand and sing? I am resolved. No.